Women Taking the Lead, Episode 62. Hey there, I've got a special guest for you today, and it's actually someone who's already been on Women Taking the Lead. You can find Marnie Batista's original interview back in Episode 2, where she answered all of the questions you've come to know and love. But I asked Marnie to come back on to Women Taking the Lead because she's about to release her book, Becoming Irresistible. Now, if you remember Marnie, you know that she's a dating and relationship coach. So her book has that focus, but what she talks about in the book is universal. You know, it goes across every area of our life. It's about coming into our own, creating a presence so that we're seen, we're heard, and people value what we have to say. And isn't that what we're looking for in leadership? So I reached out to Marnie knowing her book was about to be released and asked her to come on and talk to us a little bit about it. And she's going to share some things that are going to be helpful for you in every area of your life. So without further ado, Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us here today. I have someone with us who you are going to be familiar with. She was one of the episodes that launched on launch day, capital L launch day. Marnie Batista is the founder of Dating with Dignity. And with more than 25 years of personal relationship and dating experience, Marnie has dated, was married for 17 years, divorced, and then successfully dated again and married in the 21st century. (laughs) I love that. Marnie is a certified professional dating and relationship coach and expert writer and nationally recognized print and online magazine expert covering dating dating and relationships. She's also had a weekly dating relationship web show called The Dating Den with over 2.6 million views. And she was named one of the 10 best women's dating experts by datingadvice.com. Marnie just published her most recent book, Becoming Irresistible, which uncovers the three steps you need to take to get high quality relationship ready men to pursue you adore you and commit to you for life. This is going to be good. (laughs) So Marnie, tell us a little bit more about you and and what's been going on since in the past six months since the last time you were on the show. Wow. Well, you know, I I love that this is conversations always about taking the lead. And for I think a lot of women, you know, you have a dream and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that one day. And my dream to really get my message out in a bigger, broader way through a book has been a dream. It was the dream that helped me start my business. And so I really have got really clear in the last year about what is it going to take to to lead this to the, to the forefront to publication. And um, it's not the path that I thought it was going to be, but I... Um, I really trusted what I call my inner CEO and um, opportunities kept unfolding and presenting themselves and here we are and it, it's birthed and that's what I've really been working on is is how can I make a bigger impact by reaching more women. And you know, whatever we are wanting to contribute to the world is always tied back to our story, right? We normally want to pass on and teach about the things that we've overcome and the lessons we've learned. So Marnie, what happened in your journey that impacted your desire to write and teach about this? 
Well, you know, um, I think that when I, starting from a really young age, um, I didn't even understand about what it would be like to be irresistible. That, and what's, it's tragic, and I think it's tragic for a lot of women, is we don't even really think about it that way. We get in the mindset of, you know, what can I do to get a guy to like me, to love me, to accept me? And most women then put themselves in a very disempowered way. Um, and so I got married uh, at 22 to a guy that I met when I was 19. The reason I married him is very simple. It was he asked. <laughs> People mm-hmm. didn't even ask me out on a second date. So I figured I better jump on that proposal. Um, and, you know, we were married for 17 years. We had three kids, but there were a lot of um, really painful pieces of being in that relationship. And I felt very um, undervalued, not seen, not heard, Um I felt pretty broken and messed up. And so when we got divorced, rather than really looking at that, I went to fill that hole in my heart and my soul with what I knew, what was familiar. And that was, you know, to get right back out there. And I met another version of the same guy, you know, better looking, (laughs) a little younger, (laughs) but the same thing. And when that relationship ended after two really dramatic years and he cheated on me and a lot of drama... I really sat down. I was like, you know what? I'm going to really rethink what it looks like to be and find relationship. And I studied it. I went on my own journey and was able to really hone it into these three keys um, that are the foundation of Becoming Irresistible, the book. And we've been teaching it to our clients and group programs privately, and we know that it works. So it's really amazing that we've sort of honed it down to these three pieces. They're not um, easy, but they're simple. Mm, And I do want to get into that in a bit. But what really jumped out at me when you were telling your story. um, So just to give you some background, what's been coming up in the show with the different people I've interviewed, and especially the men have pointed out that, you know, men just seem to have more confidence Mm -hmm. than women do, right? And one of my guests, I love quoting him all the time. He said that um, women lack the confidence that men have too much of. Right. So in relationships, what this looks like anecdotally, what I've seen is, you know, guys do get heartbroken and all of that, but they tend to have a more of a there's plenty of fish in the sea attitude towards relationships. Whereas women, when we start to like somebody where we think this is the one. Right. Instead of fish in the sea, we're like super focused on the one. Well, yeah. And I think um, it becomes it's it's actually. it's, it's really challenging, especially in the society we live in today. It's like a push-pull. So women, you know, as our part of our femininity, it's like our biology is we have this um, need for connection and relationship. We thrive in relationship. And so we have that essence of ourselves and a whole lot of other feminine characteristics. And what happens is we go out in the world and we, we basically get the message through um, media, through parents, through teachers, through other men that those assets are um, not an asset, you know, but they're actually um, a flaw. We learn that it's not an asset. It's a kind of like a pain in the ass, really. So we squish all that down and we take on all these masculine attributes. And what's really interesting is that we have all this confidence, maybe professionally, we have all this confidence in certain areas of our life. But yet when it comes to being in relationship, um, we don't. And we, we almost try to turn off that need for relationship. We try to turn off that need for connection. We put on this big bravado of like, you know, I don't need anybody and it's his loss. And what I find in so many successful strong women is that underneath all that, 
there is this really sensitive woman who feels like nobody gets her. She feels super misunderstood. She um, is really profoundly sad about it. And the thought of sort of even landing there is so painful that they just keep piling on um, this bravado. And, um, and it's, it, and it just leaks to men. We talk about that in becoming irresistible. You may think that you're not leaking, but you you are, and men can sense it. Mm. You know, and I I've heard other women talk about how that's their struggle, right? They're trying so hard to make it to be a leader, to put on that bravado, right? That you talk about and be really strong and really decisive at work and get the job done, and then they can't turn it off when they leave the office. And so they bring that and and I I've, I've heard stories and I I've, I've heard some of um you've shared some of your client stories where women, you know, go on dates even if they're dating their husband, they go on dates and they're still in work mode. Oh my gosh, they're, yeah. Totally. <laughs> you know? They're trying to be decisive and take control and get it done and how do you help women to kind of like you know, not change who they are at work because maybe that's working for them if they like it, if it's working and they're they're getting success, but to come back into themselves and who they want to be in relationships outside of work. Well, this is, I think, such a great point because my philosophy is you can't change who you are. And I think so for a lot of us, we do have these alpha um, sort of characteristics and they have served us. And I'm not a fan of black and white thinking. So what we, um, our philosophy at Dating with Dignity is what I call the sexy alpha femme, <laughs> which means <laughs> that she has got her alpha down, you know, but she can turn on the feminine, the sexy part. And it's not just sexy sexuality, it's sensual, it's softness, it's vulnerability, it's just slowing the pace down. It's, um, allowing to receive. It's inviting um, help and guidance into our life. And so one of the most important things to do is really take an inventory and look at, you know, what are you doing to transition from your sort of alpha dog energy into that femme place when you either go on a date or when you come home from work or on date night? Um, Are you actually creating that transitional space for yourself. And the first step would just be acknowledge that that's something that I want to do. Mm, that's huge. So just taking it on that, I do want to be taken care of. I do want to allow for more femininity in my life, like opens the door to having it happen. Absolutely. And one of the, the limiting beliefs or the urban legends I want to debunk here to your listeners is that asking for help, being feminine, being vulnerable, being open, receiving does not make you weak. Um, I think so many women are like, well, if I do that, then I'm going to get walked all over or, you know, like I need to protect myself. And so I really look at, and there's a whole study actually, um, there was this gentleman, uh, researcher named Hofstetter, and he actually looked and studied, um, how people adapted in other cultures professionally. So if you were, Uh, in a certain profession and you got sent overseas, you know, how likely are you to be successful? And he looked at the different um, elements that create success. And what we've done here is we've actually looked at that model and we've said, you know, women um, right now in society, it's as if we're in a different culture. Uh, So how well are we going to adapt and be able to transition into that sexy alpha femme? And one of them is what we call your power play paradigm. And so you have to really look at 
what are your views right now on power? Do you share power? Do you think if you lose power, that means you are weak? What did you learn about power? What were your um, role models in your life and your in your family dynamics about male and female and power? And how does that work at work for you and in your professional environment? And so really looking at that and saying, where did I learn that co-creating or sharing power means weakness and diving into that conversation can really illuminate um, where you might be stuck and why it might be hard for you to to access that feminine piece of yourself. Mm, I think one of the best lessons I, I've learned from you just from our relationship over the years is that, you know, men want to take care of women. And it really makes a difference for them if you allow them to do that. And I had an, a recent experience where um, I had carpooled with a group to a training and the gentleman who was driving was like, let me drop you guys off at the door. And then when we were leaving, he's like, let me go get the car and pick you up. <laughs> and one of the other gentlemen who were who was driving in a separate car, like saw this as we were leaving. And he was like, what, you guys can't walk to the car? I was like, of course we can. But when a man wants to be chivalrous, you let him be chivalrous. Amen. <laughs> right? He wanted to take care of us and it made him feel really good. And what did it hurt us to just stand and chat with each other while he went and got the car and brought it around? But that that was a huge aha for me. Because before that, I would have been exactly what you were talking about, where I was like, now we can walk to the car, don't worry about it. And I would have taken that opportunity away from him. Yeah, I think men, not only do they want to do it, but they really need to do it. There's so few places in the world now where men can actually assume that role. We make more money than them often. We make at least as much. Uh, we don't, you know, we can go on any sort of website and get someone to change our light bulbs. Do you know what I mean? Like right. it's really easy to find a husband online. And so it's, it's so as women in that, like really taking the lead on asserting our femininity, uh, we have to create opportunities for men to, to be men. I mean, they're, they're, they're needing it in their relationship in order for it to thrive. Mm. And I think you make a really great point because I've talked about this before. When I was starting my podcast, I was at a dinner party and sh sharing with friends, like kind of the philosophy behind it and the intention. And one of my male friends, he's a really great guy, but he just says it like it is. He said, well, what about the guys? And I was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And he he talked about how there there can be just as much pressure in society for guys to conform to a certain way as there is for women. And we were talking about examples. I talked about the expectation that women are making coffee, you know, in the office. He's like, well, then, you know, who's shoveling the sidewalk when it snows? Right. Exactly. Right. And nobody's asking the women to do that. That's automatically assumed that one of the guys, if there's a guy around, he's the one that's going to be doing it. I was like, you are absolutely right. You know, to some extent, I, I, I've been hearing guys say where they feel like they're, you know, in, in what's happening in society. Yes, they want women to come into their own and have more power. But at the same time, they're feeling like their roles as men are changing and not in a positive way. Yeah, they're, they're, they really are confused. We have no role models really to follow in this changing society. And so it's, um, it's a science project. And um, just because you could shovel, um, you know, a guy who wants to do that um, has this, this need to, to do it. So I think it's a great conversation. Mm -hmm. I love it. And 
You know, Marnie, for for those women who are very, very strong, very independent, they they do struggle with coming um, back into their femininity. But that that's a key to being attractive or irresistible, as as you describe it. So, and you've described it in your book as it can be effortless. Like, how do you get there? Mm. Well, you know, that's such a, a fun nuance because. Um, Becoming irresistible, right, and having it feel effortless is because you're really tapped into your most authentic self. Um, And that is where you are in a place where you're comfortable with your femininity and you can translate back and forth from your alpha side. Um, You are living in a place of um, abundance, not lack, meaning, you know, you believe that the right guy and the, the right positive relationship is totally there for you and that every experience you have along the way um, is giving you information and insight as to how it will unfold, meaning that nobody's a waste of time. You know, no men aren't out to get you. Your um, husband or partner isn't, you know, trying to make you wrong. <laughs> it's really having this overall, um, this overall mastery of, uh, you know, your feminine, which we call sex appeal, um, dating savvy, which, you know, whether you're dating or in a relationship, it's really having the skills to, to be in relationship, to date, to master those things. Um, and then really having self-worth and when your self-worth and you're in this place of confidence and, um, you're feeling, um, that you are irresistible, it effortlessly happens. Men just pick up on this energy that we have as women, it's palpable. And when a man is looking at a potential partner or even his partner, he wants to look at her and think about her and go, huh, my life is easier, better, and happier because she's in it. Not all the time, right? That's not realistic. But overall, this woman adds value to my life. And when you are that woman and it comes from an authentic place, that attraction really is effortless. Mm. And what I'm hearing and what you're saying is when when a woman can recognize that she is worthy, right, of having that love. And, and Brene Brown talks about that, right? Yeah. That's 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 the core of vulnerability is just um, and connection. Um, she talks about wholehearted people who recognize that they were worthy. So just recognizing that you're worthy of love, not that every guy who comes along is going to be the perfect partner for you. That's not what matters. What matters is that you're worthy of love and you can have it. Then the defenses come down. You don't feel so threatened by what's going on around you and what he's doing and saying and and all of that stuff. That when those defenses come down, you can be who you really are, right? You can be comfortable in your own skin. You can say what's on your mind. You can share yourself. And it's that confidence that comes from feeling worthy and sharing yourself that makes you so attractive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I love that you brought up Brene Brown because, you know, she has this really poignant piece around vulnerability and vulnerability is very feminine. And yet actually it's our most powerful moments when we're vulnerable because we really truly believe, you know, down to the, you know, down to the core that um, I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to share and it feels scary, but I know that I'm I'm lovable. I'm love. I'm um, worthy of love. Like I'm amazing. I'm bombdiddybomb.com, you know, and I'm going to just be real. And that is truly powerful. And I think so many women think vulnerability is weakness, whereas actually it's the opposite. That's what's really attractive. A vulnerable, open woman who's confident is really literally irresistible. It's like a magnet for, for the right guy. 
And Marnie, you've, you've had this in your history. Many, many women have. I know I have myself, but that experience of when you've been cheated on. Yeah. Right. Right. And all the defenses come up like, and you know, for moments, hours, weeks, months, years, you start to feel like I can't trust. And now how do you help someone get at that? Cause that, that I've noticed for a lot of women who've been cheated on, like that's what keeps the defensive, the defenses up, the walls up to the, so that they're, they awkwardly interact yeah. with people in relationships. Well, yeah. You know, first of all, if it happens, it's, you know, it's devastating. There's, you know, there's no magic pill or magic button one can push to sort of, you know, suddenly have trust. Um, but one of the steps that's in our system is around forgiveness. And, um, it's not forgetting, right? But it's forgiving uh, because vindictiveness and blame is really like I call it like it's what makes that little yellow police tape that we put around our heart. Like do not enter crime scene, you know? Um, and so there's forgiving uh, the person who let us down. Um, and then there's forgiving ourselves. Because I think a lot of women, we go like, how could I have been so stupid? Why didn't I see it? What's wrong <laughs> with me that he cheated on me, you know? Mm-hmm. totally, um, you know, massacre ourselves. And I know that in working with women, you know, and taking them through our system, that that step around forgiveness of self is sometimes even more powerful than, you know, putting at peace, uh, the moment with the person. Um, so I think that the best way to sort of, um, move past it is to go through it by grieving it, by forgiving yourself, forgiving him, really getting conscious about, well, what are the beliefs that I'm now holding about all men and really getting real with the fact that, you know, it's just this one person. It's not all mankind (laughs) Um, (laughs) and really doing, doing the work. And, but I, I honestly believe the fastest way uh, to get through um, infidelity is to go through it, not to go around it. Um, because that is just going to end up coming back to bite you in the, in the butt later. Yeah. And you bring up two huge points right at the end there when you, you, you were saying don't punish the next one, right. For what the other one did. That's so important. I think that's where people tend to make so many mistakes in relationships is they beat the crap out of the person they're with because they're still angry at the person before. And also the whole, I have yet to meet the woman who said, that completely blindsided me. I had no idea. There were no signs. It was like everyone I've spoken to who's been cheated on, they were like, you know, there was something, but I didn't want to believe it. There was, you know, something happened and it made me wonder. And I think that's where women go where they can't forgive themselves yep. is is that they sense something, but they didn't say anything about it. So I think that's huge. The point that you made where it's getting back to trusting yourself that's and forgiving yourself. Yeah, that's so important. It is because if you look about, you know, so you want to get over it so that you can find another relationship long term, right? Well, if you don't forgive yourself, if you don't think you're lovable, um, it's really, really hard, kind of impossible to allow someone else to love us. Mm. All right, Marnie. Now you talk about there being three keys to becoming irresistible, right? These are the strategies that you teach your client. And how do you integrate? What are these three keys and how do you integrate them? Well, they're really the three pillars, I would say, to becoming irresistible. And it's like a three-legged bar stool. 
you can't really create the relationship that you want if you only have two because it'll tip over. (laughs) Um, And I think for a lot of women, we're really good at one, but we're not good at some of the others. And so I, I really, the invitation is to look at, you know, an honest assessment, not overly harsh, uh, but or overly kind about where you are. And so uh, one of them is we talked about self-worth and that is very different from self-esteem. Um, there's a, a great researcher, her name's Kristen Neff, and she does a lot of work on um, a lot of studies on the difference between self-esteem and self-worth. And, you know, self-esteem is conditional. Right. So we learn as little girls, you know, like, oh, I got an A. I'm a good student. I'm a good person. I'm lovable. Right. Or we get a promotion. And so our self-esteem becomes dependent on the result that we get, whereas self-worth is unconditional. Right. So it's I love myself. I'm awesome. Whether he calls or he doesn't call, whether I get the promotion or I don't get the promotion, Um, whether my you know dad thinks I'm awesome or he's very critical. Right. So it's really having a super strong foundation of, of self-worth. So that's the number one leg of the bar stool. Um, and then the second one we talked about is we call it sex appeal, but it's really, really being able to access your femininity um, in a way that feels right for you. It's not all about dresses and girly girl things. It's really about accessing that most authentic part of us that, that really, you know, is there, that softness, that, that confidence, that sensuality, all of those pieces. So that's number two. And then number three, we call it dating savvy, but that's really having skills. There's a lot of skills required, um, obviously to date, but also to be in relationship. And one of the biggest pitfalls, uh, we see in women, um, struggling with is around communication. That's huge. The three keys cover the inner and the outer work that a woman needs to do to become irresistible. Absolutely. And you got to be firing on all cylinders to have that, to have it feel effortless and to attract a quality guy. You know, I'm looking at these and I'm like, yeah, if one was missing, you know, I'm doing that whole like, what, what, there's almost like it could be a video. If one of these was missing, this is what it would look like. Yeah, right. right. And and it really, it, it just can't work. And I think What's sad to me is that a lot of women go out and try to date or they try to be in a relationship without these. And then when it doesn't work, they either attribute it to a circumstance like there's no, it's my city that I live in, it's the size of my waist, it's my wrinkles, it's the number of kids I have or don't have, you know, or something that it says I'm flawed, I'm not lovable. And really, it's just that, you know, you gotta, you gotta work on the three keys. Awesome. And Marnie, you, I know some of the benefits that people get from working with you and, you know, and I know what they're going to get from reading your book. And one thing that always makes me laugh is you've mentioned before how, you know, when you have your live events, you have a panel of women who come on and talk about what they, what they've experienced in your programs and the benefit they got, right? Ultimately, they got, they got a man or they're having a fantastic relationship with their husband. But what happens is they end up first talking about all the other things that they get, right? As, as like a, a side benefit, 
from your program too. Like for them, the obvious is, well, yes, I'm in a relationship, we're engaged, you know, or I, I got married. But but you usually have to coach them to be like, please state the obvious because they're going on about those other things. What are some of those other things that women get from from doing this work that it's it's just like it's a ripple effect on the rest of their life? Well, you know, I think in order to have that result, you have to fall in love with yourself and create a life that you love before you find someone to love. And what's so awesome is when you fall in love with yourself and your self-worth is like amazing, um, you create this life that you love and you start to see that um, the man you have or invite in is going to add to it, not be it, right? You are just freaking happy. You know, and so women will say like, oh my gosh, my career took off or oh my gosh, I started a business or I lost 70 pounds or, you know, what, like my heal my relationship with my family or all of a sudden I have these amazing friends. I'm involved in salsa dancing and, you know, I feel 20 years younger, you know, and, and all of that and that create the life you love and fall in love with yourself. That is what makes you the woman who walks into some place, no matter what your age is, what you look like, your size, where you are just that it girl. And men flock to you, women flock, like people want to be around you. Um, and that is really what happens when you're perpetually irresistible, is you're not just irresistible to men, but you're irresistible to opportunity. I love that. And Marnie, is there a quote or a mantra that can inspire listeners to take action in the, you know, self-worth romantic part of their life? Well, I have this mantra um, and I and I learned about it um, when I got divorced. I decided, you know, I was going to go travel in Europe and and, you know, I was reinventing myself and creating a life that I love. And I went to Prague and um, I was being shown around by someone that I met there locally. And there's this wall called the John Lennon wall, and this was graffitied on there. Uh, and it's become a motto of mine and my family and in my work and my, my per- personal life. And it's this, don't let fear get in the way of your biggest dream, even if your biggest dream is your biggest fear. And I think that so many women, you know, get so lost in trying to not care about relationship because they're terrified of wanting it because then what if they don't have it? Uh, And so the invitation is to um, put that fear, you know, in a place where you can manage it, you can walk through it, you can wrestle with it and come out on the other end because on the other side of it is um, a life beyond your wildest dreams. I love that. And Marnie, what is the best way for everyone to connect with you? They can go to datingwithdignity.com. Awesome. And for those who are listening, you can find all the links and resources shared in our conversation at womentakingthelead.com, or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Marnie's latest episode will be there, but also will be her first, the first episode that she came on. It was episode two. It was released in March. You can find that episode where she shares her playing small moments, her wake up calls, the book she would recommend, her leadership practices, all of the normal stuff will be in that episode to go along with this juicy episode about become becoming irresistible. And Marnie, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Mm, thanks, Jody. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? 
Or maybe you have so many great ideas you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson, so here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.